Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. to Locked on Mavericks for Wednesday, December 14th. My name is Mike Marshall. You can follow me at Machine Sports on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked on Mavs on Twitter. We'll, uh, we'll answer your questions as long as you act civil on them internet streets. His name is Jacob Kemp, not Jack Kemp, at not Jack Kemp on Twitter if you'd like to follow him. And he is uh, my co-host today and almost every day on this little venture of ours. And how are you doing it this morning, Jacob? Doing very well. It's uh, it's game day. It is a game so, uh, day. About to start a ridiculous turnaround of work-related stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll make it through it. This is what makes you the best. Fortunately, they're going on the road for a couple weeks. That is that is good for you. <laughs> that really is uh, because you don't got to be up at the uh, AAC till eleven and then get home at midnight. And uh, I know how that life goes. I know how that life goes. It's not so bad when you don't have to be back until 9 or 10. It's not good when you have to be back at 4.30 or 5. <laughs> it's problematic. Uh, I, just want, I just want like a, uh, a big brother cam on you <laughs> from 11 tonight and tonight until like 9.30 a.m. tomorrow morning <laughs> just to um, see, see how insane you get. <laughs> trust me, you don't. <laughs> just, just, just trust me. Just trust me. Um, all right, yeah, it is a game day. Um, we got the uh, Detroit Pistons in town uh, this evening, and uh, we are a part of the larger Locked On Podcast Network. Check out uh, some Dallas Cowboys, uh, Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm sure they're having a grand old time. Um, first turmoil of the season for them, so I don't know how they're handling it. Maybe reaching out to uh, some outside influences. I'm saying drugs. They're probably, take, they're probably taking drugs after one Sh- loss. Shamans? <laughs> yes. They need some, they're, in, they're in need of some counseling, so listen to them. I'm sure it's a real rattled week for them. Um, and also, uh, Locked on NBA has been great. Um, and also, uh, Locked on Fantasy, if you're into that, check that out as well. But what we're going to do today is uh, get you a little bit familiar with the Detroit Pistons, who are low-key awful, despite being 13-13. and 13. And uh, if you don't mind, we'll take a look at um, the second-rated point guard or guard prospect in this upcoming draft. He goes by the name of Dennis Smith Jr., and he's attending North Carolina State. And I watched, I don't know, about uh, 45 minutes to an hour of him playing basketball last night as uh, the female that I live with watched Mozart in the Jungle. So uh, it was a fun night for everyone. (laughs) Um, So let's start with the Detroit Pistons. They're 13 and 13 overall, 5 and 9 on the road, and they will be on the road tonight. They do have wins over the Knicks, the Thunder, the Clippers, 
the Hornets, the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Bulls. Yeah, so, I don't think they're as bad as you do. I'm, I, I can tell you that right now. I, I like them defensively. Offensively, I think they're trying to set basketball back about two generations. And I don't know how long that lasts. Yeah, it's going to um, take some time. But if you just look at their, uh, their, their Pythagorean wins is actually three better. Mm-hmm. They yeah, played, no, they've, they they've lost to some crap-ass teams for sure. They have, but they've played the 10th hardest schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 25th in points, second in points allowed, but 21st in offensive rating and uh, and second in defensive rating. As you said, they're playing 25th in pace. They don't really have anybody that really pops. Yeah. Um, they were, until recently, led in scoring by Marcus Morris, and I believe at that time he had the lowest – he was the lowest, high, highest scoring player. Yeah, uh, on a yeah. team, but he, he's been passed by Tobias Harris, who he's been great this I, year. I like their team a lot. I mean, I think that the thing is that not only it's that they're an, a slightly above average team, in my opinion, it's that they're playing a lot of youngish players. I think you can, mm-hmm. you can. It's not like they're thirteen and three and they're the Mavericks, or thirteen and thirteen and they're the Mavericks of the last few years. No, that's true. I just, I think, I think. Uh, Andre Drummond is taking a step back. I've really hated what Reggie Jackson has done since he's been back from uh, whatever his injury was that kept him out for a really long time. And yeah. I don't like their roster construction overall because, I mean, you have Stanley Johnson, who was like the seventh overall pick or something like that, a top ten guy, and then you trade for Tobias Harris. And so it's those guys are never going to share the court together. Um, they have such a hole at their two-guard position because of this. Uh, Stanley Johnson, Tobias Harris, Quagmire, they put themselves in, that they're playing a dude called uh, Darren Hilliard. Who who the hell is that? Yeah. So he's a second-round pick who does nothing well necessarily. He's just a plug-in, too. And they have been playing uh, – they play Udra. Bino's still in the league. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's playing a lot in their backcourt. But they refuse to generate three-point shots. They shoot the fewest in the league. Our second-fewest threes taken. Uh, second-fewest free throws. 20th in offensive rating. Uh, they're really good defensively, as I mentioned. But they're leading the league in percentage of their points made off of two-pointers. Um, they try and bully you down low, which is probably smart for a team with that kind of size, um, where if you could roll like Harris and Morris at somewhere in the 3-4 and then put Drummond in there. They have three more attempts from five to nine feet away from the basket than any other team in basketball. So they're trying to get uh, at the rim. They're just not that great um, at do, at pulling it off. And they have the second most attempts at 10 to 14 feet um, in the league. And it all, all of it is like ends up being an average team, like wildly inconsistent uh, in terms of like win-loss in that they've lost to the Nets. They just got smoked by the 76ers the other night, but they've beaten the Clippers. They've beaten the Celtics. They smoked the Thunder by 18 yeah. by 18 points. So I don't know what to think of them. I liked them a lot more before the season. Like, I would definitely have thought that the Pistons should be, I don't know, maybe right behind the Celtics in the standings. And I didn't account for maybe the Knicks being a top-four team in the East. I think they should be, like, the sixth-best team in the East. And right now they're the eighth and a half game um, out of the nine, out of Atlanta jumping them for the nine. I think so, Reggie will pull it together a little bit, though. I hope so. I really like that guy. He's he's exciting to watch. Um, but what makes the Pistons good is they're the second-best team in the league at defending the three-point line, which is, for all the things that uh, they don't do, 
that um, you know the modern NBA does. That's one of them that they do do, which is like limit your three pointers and know that that's a shortcut to really good defensive basketball. And they're just not that skilled offensively, but they they're really good at running and they just don't do it that much. I think they're they're a top ten transition team uh, in points per possession and transition. And Reggie's just trying to figure it out. He's been back five games. He hasn't shot above 33% uh, in any but one of those games. So that's got to get better. I don't think that's <laughs> – I don't think Reggie Jackson's that bad. No, I mean, he, and it, the weird thing is, I mean, he's never going to be a guy who shoots three mm-hmm. all that well. So he's not exactly totally what – he's not just going to save them. That's one thing that Ilya Sova did do for them that they don't have anymore. Yeah. That guy's uh, so I mean, underrated to me. Ursa yeah, Ilyasova. No, he really is, and that was a weird trade. That was uh, at the time that it happened, especially because of what you mentioned about having you know Stanley Johnson on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tobias Harris's contract is pretty good. Yeah. So on one That's hand, livable. I can they lose Ilyasova, but they they get a guy who they might end up moving, yep. but he's 24, and I if I'm correct, he's he's under control for. A few more years at like 14 a year, and I think he's as good or better than Parsons. Yeah, he's right around that Parsons mark um, now. I think at one time we didn't think that, or we thought that Parsons was like the next tier up, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like at this moment, especially with the, the injury history, yeah, he's under control until uh, until 2019. At, at 14. A, yeah, right? he's got a, no, he's got a weird contract. Like the first year was 16, this year it's 17, next year it's 16, and then it's 14-8. All right, so, so an average a, of about 15 and a half. And I think you can live with that now. I mean, he's... he's That's average starter given, money. Yeah, especially given that he's 24. From mm-hmm. uh, 2011 through the end of 2016, Ilya Silva shot the three at 39%, taking three a game. Yeah. Um, you can deal with that for sure. I have no problem with him, man. I don't know why the Thunder traded him to the Sixers for... Like, he's been moved like five times the last like 18, yeah. 18 months or so. And every time I watch him play, I'm like, dude, that guy's keeping people in games. Like, I don't get the problem with Ursan Ilyasova except for you wanting him to be like a top 15 small forward or power forward, whatever you want to play him. And he's just not that. But yeah. He's, but he's good. And the other weird thing is, and someone brought this up to me after I uh, misspoke yesterday trying to reference Andre Drummond is the first thing they had that they decided to do was move on from Monroe Mm-hmm. which was a similar situation but further down the lineup where they couldn't really play Drummond and Monroe together. Yeah. Which is weird because I feel like Drummond is the type of guy that you can play a defensive four who's not very good next to him. And mm-hmm. the problem is that they just can't shoot. Yeah, that's a real problem for them, man. So if you had enough shooting around two bigs like that, I think you can pull it off if you mm-hmm. had a three. If you had like... You know, Harrison Barnes, for example, at the three. I mean, I guess that's not even a really good example because he can't really shoot. He just generates – if you had Chandler Parsons, for example. Yeah. I think you could probably get away with it. But Monroe, they move him out. He gets picked up at, what, four for – three for 50. Four for trade your ass in one year. Yeah, and he's not really playing. Yeah. No, he's – He's had – he's career lows in everything right now. Yeah. Uh, and so someone asked me what I, if you'd go, if I would make a deal for him. And again, I just, it's a weird time in the league where I don't know that I can play. Like if you ask me if I want Greg Monroe or Nerlens Noel, I don't even have to think about it. Right. Because Noel, yep. I can play at the five and I know what he is and I leave him there and that's it. Monroe, mm-hmm. I guess I can try to play him at the five, but he's 
he might get he get nuked. <laughs> now I'm going to have to find a four that is a plus four defensively and a plus shooter at yeah. the four, which is which is those don't exist. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so it's a weird spot. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't move a pick for Monroe mm. right now. I might give you like Wesley Matthews. Yeah, and he, and even that, I would feel kind of weird about. I mean, the salaries match. Monroe's a little bit younger. That would probably be what put it over the top for me. But mm-hmm. the Pistons had to make that move, but they haven't really been that much better since then. No, they haven't. And Greg Monroe's one of those dudes that you're like, yeah, he definitely needs to be rostered and probably getting minutes in the league. Just don't let it be my team. Because <laughs> I don't want to see him on my team uh, with all the inefficiencies and the, uh, the weird. Like, he has a, a, an extremely weird skill set for a dude his size that you have to play at that position. And this is, like, kind of like the Pistons overall. Like, I don't think they've done anything wrong. Like, they've hit on, like, B-minus free agents or restricted free agents like Reggie Jackson, and they've added nice pieces like Tobias Harris. And, I mean, Stanley Johnson was probably the best player available at that moment if you're not going to go um, – I think that was the Miles Turner draft. Um, yeah. if, you're, if you're not going to go Miles Turner and get another big in there. Um, but none of it really works together right now. And they're a 500 team with some upside, with a, a measurable amount of upside as long as Drummond and Reggie Jackson, you know, play to their paper. And I think they're close to that happening, but it's almost one of those teams I feel bad for. It's like you've done nothing wrong. You're just the Detroit Pistons. Like, yeah, it just, it just <laughs> lets you know how hard this can be. Yeah, it can be very, very difficult, and there's no two ways around it. All right, well, uh, let's talk about a guy who – um, I think high end, best case scenario after watching a lot of Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, and his, uh, how many games has he had? I think I watched all five of them. Yeah, he's had five games thus far in the, uh, the college basketball season. He plays for uh, NC State, if you want to YouTube a little bit of him. Um, Wait, he's only played in five games this year? Yeah. Yep. He had, a, uh, he had an ACL injury. Um, yeah, so he only started playing. His first game was... Um, November 21st against St. Joe's, I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm looking at something stupid. Let me check it out. Hold on. Let me hit click game log so I don't sound like an idiot. No, he's yeah, played no, more than that. Just, he's played more than that. I'm sorry. Nine. Nine total. Yeah, nine. So yeah. not much, but... Not much. He was coming off an ACL injury, though, and that's why yeah, people were kind yeah. of sleeping on him. Um, but high end, what I saw out of Dennis Smith Jr. was some Russell Westbrook stuff. Like, just a motor that wouldn't stink and stop. Um, elite athleticism for a little dude. Stronger than piss. And just wants to crush your head with a dunk. Yeah. Like, every time down the court, man. Low end, like, because of the problem shooting, because of um, his shorter arms. Like, he has normal-sized arms for a dude his size. <laughs> He's 6'3". He has, like, 6'3 or 6'4 wingspan. He doesn't have you know, 6'8", like Fultz does. Um, so lower end, I would think he might end up being a Reggie Jackson um, yeah. because of his his makeup. But uh, he's not shooting very well from the three uh, this season, and that's like the biggest bugaboo for him. He's shooting 26% from three, has never really shot super well from three overall. I think 32% was last year. And even looking back at Westbrook in college, uh, Westbrook – I think he shot 35% his sophomore season at UCLA. So I'm trying to find, you know, statistical outlines for him, and he's kind of tough. But 
honestly, watching him after watching Fultz uh, in person and Fultz on tape, like I like Dennis Smith's game more than I like Fultz. And I don't know if that's fair because Washington is a really awful basketball team at this moment. Um, and their offense is pretty stupid. But Dennis Smith, like he has an undeniable skill set that you're not gonna you're not gonna dictate the game to him. He's so quick, he's so powerful, and he can just he can jump over dudes. Um, and it's he's an exciting as hell player to watch. And so I like I like him more than I like Fultz at this exact moment. And um, from some inside info from a very reliable source, I know that he has been number one on the Mavs uh, draft board. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's been number one. Um, I don't know if it is like at this day and time after they've you know done a little bit more scouting, but I know um, as of at least like a week ago, he was number one on their draft board. So that's why I was interested. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me, it doesn't really bother me whenever a 19-year-old point guard is shooting at 29% from three, especially yeah. if they have just unbridled, insane athleticism. Yep. And, and also, whenever someone tells me that they're kind of wild, that doesn't really bother me either. No. Fultz, does it, Fultz seems like a more in-control player to me. He definitely is. A little longer, but I don't know. I mean, basically what you're saying is, even though Chris Paul is not much bigger than Russ Westbrook, if he is at all, is would you? Pre- which one of those two style of games would you prefer? Uh, Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on. Chris Paul's smaller kind of than team. Russ, but he just has a much more in control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I mean the the correlation we're kind of grasping at is Chris Paul would be Fultz and uh, Westbrook would be Dennis Smith, and I, I think. Fultz is missing all those in-between things that Paul does. You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a lot of Fultz's uh, problems with Fultz is that he's almost too in control. He almost lets the game come to him too much. And he kind of checks out of games because his team's so bad and they can't – they literally could not receive an entry pass uh, whenever they played TCU. So, Does shoot I don't better, know. though. He does, dude. He's really smooth. He's really smooth from the outside. He's smooth overall. And pretty polished because he, I mean, he was like 5'9", and he grew super quick over the last 18 to 24 months, and now he's, you know, a a 6'5", dude, or 6'4", or whatever. But Dennis Smith is not going to let you dictate the game to him. Like, I feel like if Dennis Smith was in that game that I watched against TCU, uh, that Fultz played against TCU, I feel like Dennis Smith would have spazzed out and just started dunking on people and forcing himself to the free throw line, like, in the first half once they got down by 10. And granted, NC State is a way better basketball team, I think, um, than Washington. But, dude, watch some Dennis Smith and try not to get hyped. <laughs> try, yeah. not, try not to see some Russell Westbrook in that little dude. Even and, if you just watch the Draft Express little 10-minute mm-hmm. you know, strength and 10-minute weakness video, it's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah, man. And he – dude, it's like – I don't even know. It's almost like that Derrick Rose like jumping into set-up set up shots, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a shot immediately in front of you, but you can get to this spot, launch off two feet, and get into a better spot for this, like, left-handed layup. And, dude, he finished a lot left-handed in the games that I watched. And I know the Draft Express video hasn't been, like, updated with some of his college stuff, and I think it critiques, like, his left hand. Dude, he's, he's fixed that. Dude, he goes launching like a stinking missile and will finish with either hand. Wherever, wherever you're not at, <laughs> he's going at it. But, well, um... Tough to go wrong here. Yeah, no, it definitely is. 
It definitely is. I would – I mean, they have – they had or have Smith higher, so I'm going to assume that, uh, that he's a little bit better player at this moment uh, because I'm not a professional scout. I just <laughs> like to watch uh, – like to watch really badass basketball players. But I'm going to keep an eye on Smith and see if his three-point shooting has any kind of uh, uptick. And he would, he would make them, dude. Whenever he started cooking, he would make them. But that's – I don't know how much I'm supposed to dock him for not being able to shoot three-pointers at a you know 35% clip consistently. Because I don't feel like that's – a lot of young guards don't do that. Yeah, right now I'm going to say it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully he grows a little bit. I mean, 6'3 is fine. His wingspan – I mean, I don't know. I bet Chris Paul has short arms. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I bet Reggie Jackson has short arms. And I don't know if it necessarily affects them or affects six, him. Six three when you're 19 is <laughs> you're yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really excited about Dennis Smith. Um, and if he's the mass point guard of the future, I'm totally fine with that, man. He compromises. He puts your defense in a compromising position like the second he crosses half court. And – uh yeah, so there you go. Uh, check him out. Uh, there's, I think there's like five games on YouTube already, cut-ups of his games, and uh, you can check out some Draft Express. But um, very excited about our uh, potential top five pick if we, uh, if we keep it that way, which they should. Let's try tonight. Let's see what we can do about it tonight. <laughs> uh, Detroit Pistons at the AAC tonight, 7.30. Jake will be on the post-game call, and uh, you'll also be on in the morning, won't you? Uh, yeah, 5.30 to 10. Check that out, guys. <laughs> um, but all right, uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow at some time. It might be later in the afternoon, but uh, you can deal with that on your own. And uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man, I'll see you.